Hello, Smegheads, and welcome back to Smug Mode, a podcast where we talk about the British sci-fi comedy classic Red Dwarf. I am Ben Gilman. As always, I am joined by Tom Hill. Hey! Dan Raj. Yeah. And as always, Troy Salmon is still not here. But he should be back next week. Wherever he is, I hope he's enjoying his delusion. Yes, he's still... (laughs) Still... But we can't communicate with him in Welsh, though, because apparently nobody understands Welsh. So um, how, today we are here to talk about, continue our look into season six. We're episode two, Legion, Smug Mode is now engaged. Uh, this episode, Starbug is taken over by a tractor beam, which takes them to a deep space space station, where the crew discover Legion, a life form conceived from an experiment by famous scientists. They soon learn that Legion is composed from the minds of each member of the crew and won't let them leave to continue the search for Red Dwarf. So what did you guys think of this one? I kind of wish I got caught in a tractor beam, to be honest. <laughs> so, as, as Lister says, like in in his psycho review that he's going to end up, it's a four and a half chainsaws. <laughs> well, um, is it psycho I courteous? And... Um, this is obviously um, how do I say it? Um, the, 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 this is an episode that could have had Stephen Fry be Legion, and this is also the episode where Chris Barry. Suffered a lot of bruises because Robert Llewellyn come the end of the episode where he's trying to knock Rimmer out because of the hard light body. He's proper smacking him hard. Mm-hmm. He's got, yeah. So this is a classic episode, really, to be fair. Um, we find out, we, we, we get educated. Recycled pee, um, recycled water, tastes like Dutch lager, which is, you know, pee. Um, Lester Sneeze looks like an alien invasion force. And that, yep. that Lister loves Space Weevil, even though he doesn't know what it is. Uh, 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 Crunchy King Prawn. Yeah, Crunchy King uh, Prawn. There we go. Um, so... Corn-fed Crunchy King Prawn. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that bit, though. What is this? Raw carrot? Yeah. And he just munches on that thing. And is it just me or is the audience more giggly this season than normal? Because the audience are really hysterical. They were last week and this week. They're just loving it. They're enjoying themselves. It's a really good atmosphere. Every every line is getting a great reaction from from people. I um I I hadn't noticed it, to be honest. No, same neither did I. Maybe it's just me. But there is one lady in this episode that's proper bunched up laughing hysterically. It's quite noticeable for me. Um, um, by the way, I just want to, because Crichton jumps on black licorice. I just want to jump on. I'm that guy that likes the black twisty licorice. So fuck you, Crichton. Ladies um, and gentlemen, Ben is the one person, the freak, the... The opinions of Ben Gilman. <laughs> <laughs> That's our first piece of merchandise right there. Um, I do love the scene where they're trying to figure out what's going on. 
and they swap over. Lister and Cat swap over in the um, thing. And Lister is just a prick here. Um, I mean, he is making show. He is showing the cat is quite naive. Like um, the first bit where he goes, uh, "What are these down the back of the seat?" Now I've been through my verrucas. Um, <laughs> prop, the audience just goes, "Ooh, it's oh. disgusting." Do we believe in the peanuts, or were they really verrucas? What do you think? I think they probably were peanuts. I don't think Lister's that big of a douchebag. Although he does leave the cat looking for a moose asteroid. Yeah, but that's different. That's that's not the same thing. We also understand that Lister will do a lot for a mint imperial dog. (laughs) (laughs) Carjack if needed. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting episode. Just the idea of this being that is made greater by being the sum of the parts of all the members of the Red Dwarf crew, and it's and got it's so two much more than they are. Classic scenes here. Um, also, um, they got rid of one of the biggest challenges that they had since day one of Red Dwarf, which was creating the hard light hologram. Yes, so um, they were able to give Rimmer full. Body usage. Who's now wearing his blue outfit? I like his blue outfit. That was always my favourite Rimmer. Yeah. That's that's a good look. Um, I just want to roll it back to Starbug though. Um, I do love how Lister filled in a memory quiz and can't remember. Um, the jokes just come like slapping you in the face. This episode. We're dead than tank tops. Exactly. Just. <laughs> Like, it's insane. Um, there's obviously the blue alert joke. Um, <laughs> the red alert. And then the red alert light bulb change joke, which is one of the all-time great gags in Red Dwarf. That's great. That is, that is one of the best jokes ever, yeah. <laughs> Sir, may I recommend really... I load myself into the reverse thrust tubes and use my body as decoy fodder? This will, of course, leave me splattered across deep space and unable to complete today's laundry, for which I apologize in advance. Crichton, mm. stop your fathering and get in the damn tube. Crichton, sit down. I'm not doing my own smegging ironing. <laughs> mm. yes, now, that's Lister, a good joke. But... Lister won't be doing his own laundry, yes. No, no, it's a good joke, but it falls down in the fact that Lister just wouldn't have bothered ironing the clothes. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't, he, he didn't bother ironing his clothes before Crichton showed up. So See, I, don't even, I don't even think that's the case. I think he's just like, this is my excuse at that point. It's not like, yeah, he maybe the <laughs> shit about ironing. It's just, or even if he's trying to do something, it's to appeal to what Crichton wants to do. <laughs> Possible, yeah. No, it's the kind of thing that Lister would do. But I think it was just a, a cheap laugh, that a good joke that they weren't going to let go. It was too good to not, <laughs> to not have. Um, I do love how Rimmer tries to. It's followed up by another great joke where Rimmer hails the ship and him says, "Communicating all languages, including Welsh." Um, that's we surrender absolutely and unequivocally. Thank you. Thank. You. Sorry. Sorry it. for disturbing you. Sorry. <laughs> so polite. <laughs> um, I just want to say that the... longer than a herd of stampeding diuretic camels. 
<laughs> Such a lovely image. <laughs> I also would like to point out the good design on the models this episode as well, as always. Looks really good. Like, they did some good stuff back in the early 90s, Red Dwarf. They were always ahead of the game. That's true. So they go to board on Legion. Um, mm. Okay, so there's two things. Mm-hmm. Actually, three things. So, two things. First thing, Legion spaceship clearly looks like an office building, but we're going to let that go because, you know, budget, that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's, it's bloody obvious. My wife even pointed it out. Just like, yep. Um, and Lister now is rocking his Series 1 look with his overalls. When he's no, in the that, that's a, it's not Series 1. Not the grey overalls, no? No. He's wearing a brown thing, isn't he? Like a no, one. underneath he's wearing grey overalls. Yeah, but I've got the feeling I, he's I always wearing... I did not pay enough attention to people's clothes in this episode. Well, Ben is our fashionista, so... Yeah, so far the cat is just wearing a crappy orange jacket for two episodes. There's nothing to report so far. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, either this episode or the episode before, he was wearing some pink and black number. Oh, yeah, but this one, he looks like a traffic cone. A bit. I don't know. It's tasteful. It's tasteful, though. There's nothing that's made me kind of go, hold on, dude, that is a crazy setup. So far, for him, it's normal. I haven't seen anything that makes him want to go, wow. Also, Legion looks like something you would see in Soho, in one of the sex shops. (laughs) Got a lot of experience with that. No, just looks like a gimp mask. (laughs) That was a very quick answer. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the first time I've been asked that. (laughs) Excuse me? Uh, anyway, enough about my life. Um, so, like you said <laughs> earlier, the hard life. So Come again? <laughs> uh, so, anyway, to get back on track, the hard light thing, um, it's a big moment, this. this. This is the turning point in Red Wolf forever. Not really. He's still a coward. Well, in terms of body type. In terms of the fact that he can now be physically able to do things, yeah. It's taken away one of the biggest restrictions of his entire character. Yeah, it's taken the pogo stick from away. Yeah. My question is... For anyone who doesn't know what pogo sticking is, it's from improvised comedy where when you're doing something in a scene and suddenly you become very restricted in what you can do because of an addition to the scene. And it's very difficult to get rid of. For example, in a scene, suddenly all you can do is hop on one leg. And since that's the example given, they call it pogo stick. Okay. Um, so, um, I'm wondering how these guys have survived for so long up to this point because they have, they never get on. They're always doing it by the seat of their pants. What do you guys think? Um, uh, honestly, I think they have very good writers. 
No, I'm talking about the crew surviving all the near-death experiences. Yeah, that's that's character. that's what I even even if you were in a real life situation where so many amazingly weird and wonderful things happen to you and at least thirty-two people try to kill you or suck your brain out, and you're still yeah. alive at the end of all that, but still haven't managed to find some way of finishing your story or coming to safety in any kind of way. If that was happening in real life, what I would be thinking is my life has some seriously good writers. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I then we come into oh yeah, one more thing. Um before we get to the chopsticks, I just want to point out Rimmer trying to appeal to Legion to join the team by taking interest in his art. And he mistakes <laughs> an art piece for a light switch. That is awesome. I couldn't buy it then. Not really. I need it to turn the lights on and off. It's just the way he lands that. That made me laugh really hard. It's such a simple joke. You have a connoisseur chip? Just because I have a head uh, look like Herman Munster's stunt double doesn't mean to say I can't appreciate art. Um, Sorry, what I was just... it early on? What was Go it earlier on? It might, be, might have been in the last one, or it might have been early in this episode <laughs> when Cat turns around and calls Crichton Butter Pat Head. That's this one. <laughs> Is when he questions uh, his olfactory nasal senses. Mm. <laughs> There's some butter pan. <laughs> swirly thing alert. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get technical on you, but swirly thing alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also just want to laugh at the um, chopstick scene. Um... The Mimusian chopsticks, yeah. I would love to. I would love to point out that most of the food looks like wigs. Um, Crichton definitely looks like he's trying to eat a toupee at one point. And um, I thought it all looked like space weevil. Okay. Um, the glasses look like they've been smashed. Like you know, when you see a bar fight, someone smashes a beer bottle. Kind of looks jagged, a bit unsafe to use. But then, then we find out it's it's all minds. You just the juice goes in your mouth with your mind, so it's not. A big deal. Yes. You can't miss it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's an interesting scene, but I, I'm not entirely sure about a lot of it. It seems just to mostly be a vehicle for body humor. It is um, quite funny how they're just swinging them around, looking at each other. It is quite hilarious. Uh, it's, it's, then, slap, it's slapstick with sci-fi. Yeah. And then it gets completely turned on its head whenever it's like, oh, no, I, I can't leave, and neither will you. I would like to point out, um, when Legion takes the mask off, he looks like the love child of a foursome. Um, Seriously? I, do, yeah, I thought yeah, he bore yeah. a striking resemblance to Picasso, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah exactly um lesion um i do love listed rated four and a half chainsaws i can't quite was it for psycho places to stay um when I get to write, was it when i get around to writing my good psycho guide or something like that yeah 
Yeah, yeah when I finally get around to writing my good psycho guide, this place is going to get raves. Accommodation, excellent. Food, first class. Resident Nutter, courteous and considerate. Got to be four and a half chain stars. Your Liverpool accent's really good. Thank you. But then again, I think most people can do a good Liverpool accent. It's one of the easiest ones to do. I think most people can do quite a stereotypical Liverpool accent, yeah. But yours is really good. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. That's because my favourite... You just have to put your throat somewhere around the top of your ears. Well, no, it's just my one of my, one of my favourite plays in the universe is a thing called Blood Brothers, which is set exclusively in Liverpool, and I've performed in it numerous times over the years. So... This hmm. is true. This is very, very true. Very, very I... true. I do love how Legion threatens them by threatening to stab them in the penis. That's quite a yep. funny gig. Um, but that that also leads to one of the um one of the fuck ups, one of the not one of the goo gaff kind of gaffs of this yeah. episode. You know he stabs himself in the left hand. Yeah. Everyone apart from Craig Charles grabs their left hand. Craig Charles grabs his right hand. But ah. small small thing, but just it's one of those little whoops moments. Um Rimuru is now a tough bastard because he can't be knocked out easily. Harder! Pff, harder! Pff. <laughs> I also just want to say, like when Rimuru says to Crichton, you have a connoisseur chip, they're finding new ways to insult Crichton. So this week it's Herman Munster's stuntman, lookalike. Yep. What was the one from last week that I missed? Um... God, I can't think. Give me a second. Oh, what was it? Nah, it's not going to come to me. I'm sure there was an insult of him in the first one, but it's not coming to mind. I do love the rooms. The rooms. I wonder what Cats is, though, because we don't find out. It's going to be a fucking... Well, I imagine it's similar to his Better Than Life bedroom that was crossing an international time zone for his clothing collection yeah I guess probably it's probably not so much walking wardrobe as one with a travelator (laughs) drive wardrobe (laughs) good point good point to be honest Hmm. Ah, I, <clears throat> there are a few problems that um. Okay, so um, Legion removes this as appendix when they first meet, but back in season two, facts on the memory is revealed that he's already had it removed. Mistake. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that bugs was my me. Pet peeve of this episode. Yeah. That bugs me. That's how many times? Thing. How many times can you have your appendix removed? Yeah. Well, twice. Or it's just a very, very silly continuity error. It's a gaff. They have a lot of them. Yeah. Um, there is one thing that I found out. You know when the cat's saying the entire panel is dead as them, A-line flares of pockets in the knees? Mm-hmm. You can also see Lister mouthing these words at the same time. Yes. <laughs> Which I didn't notice until I was doing... I watched the episode first. 
then went back to see if there's any mistakes because I love see, catching those things. And um, yeah, Craig Charles is clearly okay. mouthing the words to Danny John Jules. Directly after that, you see the cat have a very slight character break whenever he has this sort of smile about having said the line. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a part where one of the, the sound boom thing comes into shot at one point as well when they're in the cockpit. Didn't see it. Top right, I think it's when they're talking about blue alerts and red alerts, if memory yeah. serves. Just pops into into screen for one second and goes again. You you have a yard lower, longer yellow streak than a line of whatever yes, camels. Yes, that's, that's the bit. Yeah. Yeah. When he's saying that, there's a bit where the the boom mic appears in the top right over Rimmer's head and then disappears again. Hmm. I do love how they say they've met thirty-one people. So they're, they're basically dropping hints uh, about to previous adventures. Um, it's a lovely line. Uh, Rimmer says, we've met 31 people and they're all bloody crazy. And then when Legion decides to start being a dick, he goes 32. Love that. That's really yep. good. Really mm-hmm. subtle. Really good. And now this show's beginning to refer back to its previous stuff now. And we're going to be seeing this going forward. But someone remind me, I can't remember. Have we done the line about the memory quiz? Yes. <laughs> Very funny. Ha ha ha. I jumped straight in there too fast. <laughs> as soon as you asked it, I just went, oh god. <laughs> okay, but I can I can cover up the two appendixes. Apparently Lister had his appendix removed. Uh, la la la. This was later explained in Dog Taylor's solo Red Dwarf novel, Last Human, which said that due to a freak of nature, Lister had two appendices. However, because the show and the novels are based in two separate communities, it does not serve as an explanation within the show itself. So basically, somebody's written a book to try and explain why there was that continuity error. Oh, that's a really poor excuse. Two appendices. It doesn't happen. (laughs) Yes, it does. I mean, okay. admittedly, it's mostly in books, but... <laughs> well, so what, how do we think about this episode? Because we end it with a generator, and it's off the phone Red Dwarf, and we get reminded that there is a overriding plot. Are you happy with this? It's a solid episode. It's not my favourite. This this is just, yeah, it's it's fodder... But it's fodder within some of the greatest runs of episodes. Yeah, and it's also got a huge amount of quotable lines. I mean, there's another one of the um, oh, what is Space Corps Directive three four one two four? No officer with false teeth should attempt oral sex at zero gravity. Very, very good rule. I have to say, <laughs> sensible, well thought out, and utterly impeccably put together. Yes. But I just love some of the crazy things that are in the Space Corps directives. It's just there's all the sensible stuff that that Crichton quotes, and then Rimmer always misses it by one. And, <laughs> and the, the one, one next to the really sensible stuff is fucking ridiculous. Just imagine this sort of entirely bipolar person <laughs> creating the Space Corps directive. But also, what the hell happened to them at zero G to come up with the idea that you can't perform oral sex if you've got false teeth? 
That's the one. Last week I pointed this out that there was an absolute cracker. It's that one. The dentures. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're getting dirtier by the day. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like... Well, hang on. A... Which... Whose dentures are getting dirtier by the day? <laughs> the Is that why we need to have anyone. this directive in the first place? Surely it would be you can't have oral sex at zero degree without having brushed your teeth first if the colour, the cleanliness of the denture was the issue. This this is true. I think we're going to have to bring this up at the next tribunal. I think we're going to have to actually ring Doug Grant and Rob, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor and ask. We need an answer on this. It's crucial. Yeah, I think maybe one day we'll try and get them in for an interview. If they're still talking to each other. Well, they are, because they're now working together again on the last two series. Oh, I didn't know that's great. Yeah, so series 11 and 12, the reason that it got back to such good form again in 10, 11 and 12 is that both of them were on board again. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think well, one there is an executive producer, but essentially... Back together. Back together, which is yeah. Good, which is nice, because they're together they are better. So it's on it. Yeah. But I think that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Just a heads up, we are going to be doing a Red Wolf spin-off at the end of season six. Which is great because I don't have to do any work because Dan and Tom know more about it than me and they're gonna be talking to me and Troy about it. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Lovely. Yay. Oh, is this the book uh, stuff? Yeah. yeah. Because we have to cover it because this is around the time that they're all coming out. Yeah, well, I, so. need, I need to go. I need to go and reread the books. Fucking hell! Mm. <laughs> right, that's too. your homework for tonight. Right. So anyway, that's it for me. That's it for me. And I'm off to eat some incredibly nutritious corn-fed crispy king prawn. I'm off to go and change the bulb. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm off to use chopsticks in midair. Snuff, smeg off your smegheads. <laughs>